3: Is the name I use when I'm webcamming. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've spoken.
0: <laughs> I'm a feminist, but when I was watching The Handmaid's Tale, the adaptation of the dystopian novel about a future where women's reproductive rights have become Old Testament in nature, a Hulu drama that's now looking like year six of the Trump administration, I paused it to turn to my husband and seriously say, remember that time I met Elizabeth Moss at that party and she said, call me Lizzie and admired my clutch bag. (laughs) I went home, this is true, and I bought a second clutch bag online because I knew it was wearing out. I wanted to sustain the life of the clutch bag so that when other people admired it, I could then say, oh yeah, Elizabeth Moss liked this one too. (laughs)
3: Um, I think very successful people are good at giving compliments to get people to like them in real life. So um, I've seen them do it. That's what they do. So afterwards, your story is, I met Elizabeth Moss and she's so nice. She likes my bag. God damn it, she played me. (laughs) I am a feminist, but my top three ambitions are be braver, be kinder, learn how to twerk. (laughs) I'm a feminist, but when I
0: met Elizabeth Moss at a party and talked to her about sexual politics from the 1960s and the struggles of previous women for our freedoms and the nature of power and gender, I felt I'd really acquitted myself so well until just at the end, I turned and said, it's hard for me to imagine that if I had a child, that I'd love that child as much as I love (laughs) madmen." But I guess you hear that all the time. And she said, no. (laughs) It's true though. Mad Men, the baby. Yeah. Be a Rizovia's choice.
3: My friend's really heavily pregnant at the moment and she's got two cats and her partner said to me whenever he sees her stroking the cats he's worried that she won't love their child as much. <laughs> <laughs> I've got cats like that. Yeah. <laughs> so she walks in and thinks he'll never be able to compete. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I am a feminist but I'll still flirt with your boyfriend. <laughs> Sisterhood? Sisterwood. <laughs>
0: Now I feel a bit upset because I haven't seen
3: you flirting with Tom. Okay. Do you know what? When I wrote that down, I thought, is going to bring that up. You made me kiss Tom in an improv show that you were in control of. What? <laughs> I do not remember that. Everybody. <laughs> when did this happen? No, come on. Tom remembers. <laughs> um, everyone. Everyone what Deb's has an improv show where she sits at the back so the audience can't see her and in a disembodied voice she gives the performers instructions and it's incredibly fun and incredibly liberating she just has to do Very what liberating. she told you and in one of the shows you were like now you kiss Tom and Tom and I like, like pecked on the cheek and you were like properly kiss <laughs> <laughs> and then we were like because I wanted we the like, audience kiss, to have the kiss him kiss
0: him and you were like I wanted the audience to have the true story. (laughs) The feeling from here. Our theatre, I'm not jealous. I wasn't instigating a threesome, that's clear. (laughs) And actually, I do remember this now, because you got me back years later. We were at Latitude, and you just made me do a scene. You said, I'm going to turn the tables. Deb's been doing this to us for years. And you made me kiss every single person on the stage. Yeah.
3: And I'll do it again.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm a feminist, but... I was talking to a friend last night on DM who said she admired another woman so much she'd like to body swap with her. And I said, I'd rather body swap with a man because I'd like to try out a penis. <laughs> and she went, oh yeah, I know you, one of the Johns. John Hamm, John Stewart, or John Oliver. And I said, they are my favorite Johns, but it makes me feel weird having any of them take over my body because they'd see my cellulite. Like, if you were having sex with John Hamm, you could sort of fudge it, can't you? You can sort of just show the bits. You can <coughs> no, present my the good bits. My first thing would be,
3: John, if we're going to do this, you've got to love every scrap of me. Here's my cellulite. Bow down, kiss it.
4: I don't and know that we're... the rest, John? <laughs> I don't know that
0: we're in the same room, though. I think I'm at a sort of carnival machine with a fortune cookie and a lightning storm. And I say, oh, I wanted to body swap with John Hamm. He doesn't know. He's just in LA living his life. And suddenly, I'm on a movie set, and he's just at the carnival, I guess, now with the machine going. What the fuck? Do you think right. he has to cancel a lot of work because of body swapping? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I think that person carries on and continues the job. Yeah. So this is
3: quantum leap, but with John Hamm and sexy women. Yeah. Or John Stewart or John Oliver. I don't want John Hamm
0: to hear this and think I'm obsessed with him. <laughs> I'll have any of the Johns. John Oliver Put is. In the title,
3: don't listen, John Hamm. <laughs> For, for the Women's Equality Party, don't listen, John Hamm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not for you. You John, can't even vote in our country. I think...
0: Live from St Paul's Cathedral, the spot today in show when the Women's Equality Party presents a special Feminists, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as twenty first century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. You've sort of done a haunch sit, which I think you can do. So we
3: did in terms of the symbol of equality. But this is. So
0: Yeah, to be honest, though, this is exactly what equality is. It's like everyone gets the same, but the people at the front, in fact, benefit. This is democracy in a fucking nutshell. But I'm up the back, you're on the same level. But I can't see or hear anything, you're on the same level. (laughs) Giving you any extra height would be unfairness to the others at the front. So we're going to call this the Tory section of the audience. You're right up the front. Look right how happy the, all the Tories look, though. None of them look like Tories. None of them visibly look like Tories, but sometimes you they don't. Tell. You can't People's tell faces. You, you can't tell. It's like sometimes you're in a monster movie and you don't know which ones. No,
3: sometimes you're getting on really well with someone at a party. Yeah,
0: Tories are amongst us. Yeah, and it's your mother. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And listen, if you are a Tory, you're welcome... Of course you are. ...to change. <laughs> so, you are welcome here, and the reason you're here is to change to not a Tory. And I can only assume you're at the Women's Equality Party fundraiser because you are thinking, those Tories haven't done anything for women in ages. I'll tell you, the only things the Tories have done for a woman ever... All the boy Tories got together, got in a fucking big bus, went around the country and went, Ooh, read the bus, do what we say. Oh, oh, oh. And then when they got what the bus said, they went, Oh, we didn't mean you to do the bus thing. Yeah. And then they went, Ooh, you touched it last. No, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. A woman can do it.
3: It's lucky that bus wasn't going to North Essex because there's a place called Fingwin Ho. And if everyone was doing what the bus said... <laughs> It's a real place, and it goes through Colchester, that bus, and even though everyone in Colchester sees it seven times a day, we still laugh. <laughs> <laughs> time.
0: Seven times we, a day, you yeah. could go past Fingering we Home. We live at
3: the bus stop. <laughs> Just waiting for it to go past again.
0: You're making it sound like the Essex joke is Fingering it's, Home. It's We're done. the best
3: joke. It's the it's, best joke in Essex. The other one's Boudicca. You think she was very funny. <laughs> she set fire to everyone.
0: Really? Yeah. Is Boudicca an Essex girl?
3: What? Culture I didn't stuff. know that
0: I didn't know that I was raised in Australia yeah I
3: see you tribe mate come on <laughs> is that
0: why you're such a power woman because you're Boudicca stock
3: yes are you I can no,
0: see you on a chariot do you think yeah
3: It would be cruel to horses I would be on one of those what's those stupid things with wheels where you look like you're leaning forward segue i'll be on a segue
0: you can't be a a (laughs) warrior i'm gonna lead the revolution on a segue no
3: cannot be a Warrior queen and dogs are going to be chasing after me so yes this is a fundraiser for women's equality you've already raised thousands of pounds so congratulations and thank you (laughs) done. Um,
0: however we have a minimum spend at the bar and i don't think we've reached that yet so we will have to take your ticket money and give it to the bar unless you buy lots of booze at the interval. So if everyone could buy at least... But just like a
3: drink each, not like, oh, I've got to have 50 whiskies. (laughs) So women's equality.
0: (laughs) listen, whatever gets you through the night, if you need 50 whiskies, then you have to tell yourself it's for women's equality. No, if you need 50 whiskies, we need to do a oh, yeah, an sure, intervention. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. This is not a secret intervention for one of you. Now there's a few people in the audience going, fuck, it's my intervention. <laughs> I've known this has been coming for a while. And because it's London, almost every single person is thinking that.
3: Yeah. It's like, it's, everyone's going, it's me. I know it's me. I don't think it's my surprise intervention because I brought it up. Otherwise you are amazing. At <laughs> I've Darren Brown. Darren Brown and I have been working on this event for some months
0: <laughs> to make you think it's your idea. Oh He's God. back there in the loo. I've always wanted to meet him. I'm out of the loo. <laughs> I had dinner with him one. This is like when you told what? me you had dinner with
3: John Hamm. I had dinner with Darren we Brown. We got out the four of us. <gasps> <laughs> Imagine if you saw us in Pizza Express. <laughs> it's me and Debs, John Hamm and Darren Brown.
0: I love the fact that you think we'd go to Pizza Express <laughs> to really? cater for your vegan taste. No. They don't do
3: anything for vegans. I only have olives and wine there. Oh. <laughs> I don't well, mind.
0: that's the start of a wonderful night with Darren and John Hamm. Uh, is just olives, wine, you, me, some brown and some ham. <laughs> So we should probably get on with the show. Brown, brown is heavy one, I think. Mm, I think at oh. the moment all we've done is objectified men, which is equality for women because they're always objectifying us. We didn't us. objectify them. We took them to Pizza Express.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we we I didn't mean. objectify them. We took them out. I might have secretly objectified them. <laughs> it's as if it's secret. We can't control each other's minds. <gasps> Except Darren can.
4: <laughs> of course.
0: So it's, uh, it's, we're raising money for women's equality tonight. We're going to be asking everybody at home to donate as well. Thank you for those who've come into the room. It sold
3: out so quickly, and because I set up the event, I got all of the emails from angry people saying you shouldn't sell things that sell out that fast. Because it's not fair on people who don't see it for four hours.
0: It's true, though. Equality, again, that's the privilege of those who sit on the internet all day just going, oh, (laughs) what's happening now? These people are the scrollers. Yeah. <laughs> you only got a ticket for this if you're a time waster. That's how it works, people. That's how it works. Anyone with a job isn't here. Which, when we get to the auction, is the concerning part. <laughs> what no one told me. It was a trick. Oh, shit. I thought I was at a regular show and they were just going to talk about shoes and bras. Oh, we can no. still talk about shoes and bras. Well, we will, I'm sure. <laughs> how unfair it is that we have to wear bras and how unfair it is that men don't get to carry handbags
3: under what? normal what do you, what do you think
0: oh. I just can't imagine being a man and they not being able they to... get briefcases
3: if they like them they don't like them
0: <laughs> I had a briefcase at
3: school for three years and no friends <laughs> What colour was it? White. What material? Fake snake skin. So, next oh, question. I would like that. I think that sounds very I chic. really, really, really wanted to be my mum. Like, I just thought she was such an impressive woman. Were well, you were eight at the time, taking it to school? No, secondary school. Oh. 11 to 14. I had to leave my first secondary school, actually, because of bullying. But I did not lose the briefcase. Yeah. <laughs> Took it with me were to my you, new school. Were you bullied because you had a white snake skin briefcase? That's one of the reasons. That's one of the reasons, oh Sarah, I'm so sad. I would no, have protected you. it's a happy you. ending. Look at me now. Yeah,
0: no, it's true. Where are those bullies now? That's right. Watching you on Outside QI. waiting for me. <laughs> Do you have a challenge, Sarah?
3: Yes, I did a very silly challenge. I decided I would have an election on Twitter because I was going to register to vote, but I am already registered to vote. So I registered in another place. I don't know what happens now. I'm playing council tax in two places. Because I have a house in Amersham that my ex-boyfriend lives in very happily, and um, <laughs> and, and I don't, and uh, so I'm renting a flat in Finsbury Park. So now I can vote in both places. But I do they have like a thing where they cross you off one list when they add to the other? I, one? I think what no, what, I think it's illegal though. votes for Pascal's.
0: <laughs> is it illegal? I, I'm sure it's illegal. This yeah, highly illegal. Is people McEntire. are nodding. There are some my... erudite people in who were already disappointed with a lot of the John Hamm staff, who are now going, no, you
3: cannot vote in two places. What if I cancel myself out by voting for different parties? <laughs> that's not how it works, and no. Okay. Which borough is more marginal? Well, Amersham is in Buckinghamshire and has been Tory since the dawn of time. So, but then that's the thing. You look Since at talk- Boudicca was a girl. Since Boudicca was a girl. The thing um, is, it was actually a very excellent council because everyone's got loads of money and they're very good with the bins. Um, Can we please edit that out? I mean,
0: that's what? not encouraging the right message. Of
3: course it that's is. It's not the right it's message. It's silly flippancy. Um, so what I did is on Twitter, mm. I did a vote. The question was, do you like voting? The answers were yes, no. Or draw a dick on the paper. And I was interested in the first minute. You know, I think this is a good challenge, Debs. No,
0: no, I do. But I feel like most of your followers are going to have said, draw a dick on the paper.
3: no. No. 56% like voting. Oh. Yeah. There you go. 10%, but it went down to 9% in the last hour. No, they don't like voting, yet they voted. Uh, it's something that, that was completely voluntary. That <laughs> Like they took part in a vote that wasn't a real vote. Like, guys, wasn't you lying mandatory. It
0: wasn't mandatory. No one was even encouraging no, them they to do like, it.
3: No. There was did no not sun. enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> they <That laughs> won't don't make me do it again. Masochists. Yeah. 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 How to get the masochist vote out? Yeah. Well, so that, I think what we've learned is yes. only five thousand people took part, and I've got one hundred thirteen thousand followers. Not a great turnout. So I think all of the rest of people don't like voting. So we should entice them with gift vouchers. <laughs> The cat sat much, I think fundraising is so important, and I think that doing things like this is so fun and so easy. And um, I feel very guilty at the moment because I was in Norwich three weeks ago I'm not guilty about that, but um, <laughs> I, was, I had to go for work. But um, I fell over, I fell over in the street because I was on WhatsApp and I fell up a curb and I felt, and falling over, and I, and I felt like such an old woman like it's such an old person thing to do. But then i dripped ripped my trousers uh, on the knee, and then I felt like a young person <laughs> with their ripped jeans, and then I just Decided, oh, I'm allowed to get new trousers now because I've ruined these trousers. And so I was walking over towards Topshop, and then a man with a clipboard and an Amnesty jacket said to me, "Oh, can I speak to you for a moment?" And I said, "No." And I carried on walking, and then under his breath he went, "I'm a big fan of your work." <laughs> know, I know, I know, I know. And the thing is, I do give money to Amnesty. I have a direct debit for £6. Which, so that's over £60 a year. <laughs> that's how much I hate human rights abuses. And, um... <laughs> but I've had that direct debit for over ten years, because when I was at university, my job was, I worked in a call centre for lots of different charities, and I was very, very bad at it. So what I would do at the end of a shift, so I didn't have none, I would sign up for that charity. <laughs> um, and so I've got direct debits to about 25 charities for a very small amounts. And I wanted to then tell him that. Like, I do give to Amnesty, and sometimes I do gigs for them and stuff, but then I thought, you can't just go back and be like, oh, do you know who I am? Well, now I'll talk to you. Um, So I didn't, but then I just didn't let myself get any trousers as punishment. Other things that have happened recently, this is all kind of, for me, relevant to what we're talking about. Okay, a month before this, so um, February, I had to go to a YouTuber's house. And I didn't even know what a YouTuber was. Um, But just in case you don't know, what it is, is a child who... (laughs) Talks rubbish and is a millionaire. <laughs> and um, uh, so. I'm, I'm promoting a, a book so they maybe go to this girl's house and she was absolutely lovely and she was interviewing me in her bedroom but I found it very distracting because on her bed she had this blanket and it was black and it had a gold crest on it and it looked exactly like the house crest of Slytherin and um, so during the interview I kept looking over their bed thinking it can't be, it, well it really looks like it. it, can't be and she noticed me keep looking at her bed and then she asked me about why I was looking at it so I think she thought I was kind of gesturing we should get in and, um, <laughs> and, uh, and then I was really patronising to her like oh no my dear but you should no your bedspread looks exactly like the house crest of Slytherin you're going to scare your friends and um, then she was like oh it is Slytherin Slytherin's really cool now I know, I know. And so I just got out of there as quickly as I could. Uh, just ran off down the street. Later on that day, I was meeting up with another young woman. She's 24. She's doing her first Edinburgh Festival this year. And I was just meeting up with her to give, like, you know, like grandma advice about of comedy. And I was saying to her about this young woman I'd met earlier and she had a bedspread and she thought that Slytherin was cool now. And this young woman, she did not answer me with words. She unbuttoned, then unzipped her trousers, exposed her underwear to me, which had the house crest of Slytherin on it. <laughs> That is what happens under a Tory government. (laughs) They they don't even know, you're supposed to hide evil. You're supposed to be ashamed of yourself. And uh, no, no, we're, we're, we're letting down the children. The poor children, it's not their fault. They just don't know any better. Now, I think what's difficult with politics is that we're electing someone for such a short term, and I think it's very difficult to make sensible decisions in the long term for young people and for the next generation. And I'm going to use the analogy of Uber. Now, you know, everyone knows what Uber is now, but I just have to explain it in case you've just woken up from a coma. Um, Uber, it's a cab, but it comes with judgment. Uh, you get reviewed on the end on how you've sat in the car and um, I've only got four stars on Uber and I've lost one and I don't know how like I sat there quietly I was wearing my seatbelt and deodorant which is more than I can say for you Nikolai Um, but um Uber, they have what is called an aggressive business model. So, like, lots and lots of these kind of multinational corporations now. They underprice the existing taxi firms, so they put them out of business. They don't pay tax in our country. In the long term, they're terrible for everyone. But in the short term, it seems better for the individual because it's cheaper. And actually, it's marketed at women in particular to make us feel safe. The fact that more people can get a cab home at the end of the night, the fact that the driver comes to where you are because of phone signal, and they put a little picture of the Uber driver on there to kind of reassure you about Who's coming to pick you up? And the Uber drivers, as a funny prank, have taken the scariest photographs (laughs) that they can. They're always done from below with eyes like they hate you. And you're only ever calling for one because you're scared. Because it's half two in the morning and you're drunk. And you know, oh no, this is a very dodgy area. I'll I'll be a sensible woman and get myself an Uber. And then you press it and it goes, "Ah, Arnab's on his way. shit because this guy's definitely coming to kill me and you can see where he is because there's a little map you can see him in his tiny car he's only a minute away he's just turning around from the knife shop so you know you've only got 60 seconds to get out of there and so of course you're fretting like oh no what should I do should I flag down a stranger's car and ask him to rescue me like what if that guy is a murderer like, at least with Arnab there's a paper trail if I go missing he'll be the first person I'll check with i will better wait and then he arrives and then to check that it's him because of the angle he's taken the photo at, you have to bend down and look upwards. You have to get into the passenger side footwell. And um, often by then it's too late. Now, I'm being very naughty. I shouldn't be scaremongering about Uber. I only actually know one person who says that they were murdered by an Uber driver. <laughs> that was my sister, and she's lied about this kind of thing before. So, but the reason I think Uber is a really, really good example of what happens when we are voting is that... Some of us feel like we are voting for everyone, things that don't benefit us necessarily but are better for everyone in society. And other people think that that's a silly way to vote. I feel so ill-equipped to talk about politics in a serious way because whenever I do I feel like there's so much more information to learn. The biggest lie that's being told us about our current government is that the cuts are saving us money. Now, number one, they're not spending any less money than any other previous government, and the cuts are costing society money in long-term effects and in individuals' lives. There are so many things that I could say now about, you know, disabled people, or people who are caring, the health service, the teachers, and then obviously the students who are suffering from education cuts, the rape crisis centres. There are so many things that, no matter who you're voting for, pick a thing and find out what's happened locally under the last government. Find out what's happening to them and tell them, even if you're going to vote Tory again, speak to them, say, I'm voting for Tory, you have to fund these people. Anyway, 22nd of May is my 36th birthday. But also, it's the last day that people can register to vote. And young people tend not to vote because they think politics doesn't affect them. And that means that the politicians don't try and please them or implement things that would improve their lives. Under the current government... Wages aren't rising. It's more and more expensive to rent a house. People are moving out of home later and later. It used to be 20s, now it's 30s, it will be 40s. This might be the first generation who never have sex out of their parents' (laughs) earshots. That's really bad, guys. You can't afford university, and you'll never leave home. Just register and do a BuzzFeed about who you should vote for. (laughs) And vote for someone. It's just fun. And then you can do a Simpsons one, and then you can find out if you're in Slytherin. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much,
0: Beth. My challenge is, uh, is this. I wear this necklace. And one of the charms on it is a votes for women coin. Now, one of the things the suffragettes did as outrages, uh, one of the least destructive things they did, is to destroy coins by writing votes for women on them. And on the other side, often they would write WSPU, which is the Women's Social and Political Union. And they put them back into circulation. And because they're damaged, they had to be taken out of circulation. But it also it got the message out where everyone was looking, their wallet these are very rare you can get them obviously because i've got two um but they're rare they go for between like 65 and pounds and like 150 depending on their condition so i've got
3: one here that i got for 75 quid so this really fire. they were trying to devalue money and now it's worth 75 pounds <laughs> silly, <women.
0: laughs> silly women they don't understand. understand economics they never do they don't get it right women do they So this is a genuine Edwardian Votes for Women coin. It's been destroyed by an actual suffragette hand. I am currently holding it in my hand. What I would like to do is auction it off, bearing in mind that the suffragettes, if they'd known that today we were doing a fundraiser for the Women's Equality Party in this room... St Paul's Cathedral. In St Paul's (laughs) Cathedral. To try and get some representation, meaningful representation for women... I feel like they'd be disappointed. I feel like this is them with us saying, even though they'd be disappointed, they'd go again, they'd go again, they'd keep going again, because it took them so many times to get the vote. Would anyone like to vote 50 quid? You can make it into a lovely necklace for not very much money. I'll have it for 50 quid. You'll have it 50 quid. Does anyone want it for 55? 55. 60? 50, 60, 65. 70? 75? 80? 85? 90? 95. All the money's going to the Women's Quality Party. I'm not taking it, by the way. 100? 100? 110? 120? 130? 140? 150? All the money's going to the Women's Quality Party. 160? How much? 300. 300. Do I, do I hear 310? I hear 310 there. Do I hear 320? Do I hear 330? Do I hear 340? You
3: know, it's just a penny, right? (laughs) (laughs) shh.
0: Oh my God, Sarah Pascoe. This is what my husband does to me when I'm negotiating for a kitchen. It's history. There's actual suffragettes have damaged this and they're giving it now. This is a line of history to the Women's Equality Party. Do I hear 350? Thank God. Do I hear 360? Is that 360 at the back? Do I hear 370? Do I hear 380? Do I hear 380? So 370 going once. 300, 370. Oh, 380, (laughs) 380 for quality. Do I hear 390? Do I hear 400? Do I hear, I have 390 once. 390 twice. This is 390 going to the Women's Equality Party. It's really gonna help. Thank you guys so much. Do I hear 400? 400! Do I hear, hundred, going once, going twice, going three times. I'm going to bring it to you.
3: What I would so love, though... I would so love, because Deb keeps going on about it being a magic coin, if at a carnival they put it into a machine by mistake the and they body swap with John Hamm. <laughs> she regrets forever selling it so cheaply.
0: Can I just say, can I just say, I just found out that the woman who bought the coin for £400 also donated this room. <laughs> I know, we love her. The
4: chocolate and
0: She is an actual women's equality party angel who donated our answer to St Paul's Cathedral. I massively admire anyone who's happy to be an MP at election time, because I have a podcast. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called The Guilty Feminist. And uh, recently, there was the Chortle Awards. Does anyone know what the Chortle Awards are? The comedy awards. So you get nominated for the awards by your peers and then the public have to vote. And so then you have to go on Twitter and go, hey, everyone, doesn't not have to vote for me, but it'd be really cool if you just wanted to and just like, uh, whatever. Um, and you have to hope people vote for you. And it's like me turning up to the Chortle Awards and not just finding out if I've won a trophy to put on my mantelpiece or my downstairs loo or whatever, it's like me turning up to the Chilter Awards to find out if I'm allowed to podcast for the next four years. <laughs> That's what being an MP is. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if, what do you do for a living? Teacher. You're a teacher. If your students had to vote on whether, not just whether you're a good teacher or you could win a special ribbon, but whether you could ever teach again, can you imagine? Would do you think your students would vote for you? I hope so. <laughs> yeah, they probably wouldn't. So... <laughs> Do you see what I mean? Like, this is actually terrifying. Like, imagine if you were to garner votes for other things, like your sex life. I sort of think if I had to stand as wife to my husband once every four to five years, if I had to sort of stand for the role of wife, I'd be a lot nicer to him. (laughs) I'd say, but it's all going to change next time. I get why MPs lie. I get why they lie. Oh, yeah, it's all going to change. It's all going to be different. Yeah, the last four years have been fairly shit. I'll agree with you there. I'll agree. I've done fuck all around the house. I've done nothing that anyone in a traditional old school sense would call wifely. I'm a shit... I'm a great partner is what I'm trying to say, but I'm a terrible wife. He does all the cooking... And all the washing up. I mean, I wash my own clothes just basically, occasionally. If I had to stand for the position of wife in the borough of our flat, I would have to lie and tell him things would change. I would have to say, but no, I'll learn to make a casserole. And then I'd have to be seen to be learning to make that casserole, even though I don't ever intend to make it once he's re-elected me to the position of his wife. I'd have to put sexual favours on the manifesto that, frankly, I'm not up for. <laughs> but the thing is, with actual MPing, with actually standing to be a Member of Parliament, the reason it's an odd position to stand for and the why you do need to get votes is it's really the position of being a person. That's what it is. I'll be a person on behalf of all of you and make all the decisions that a person would have to make because if we could all do everything by referendum all of the time that would be the best form of democracy wouldn't it if everyone voted on everything that would be the best form of democracy but if we've learned anything in the last year referendums are shit (laughs) don't have those more often that's a terrible idea so all we've got is let's nominate some people to be token people and they can make the decisions on our behalf and here's the problem if none of those people are women and half of the people who are people are women, it's fucked. Because, okay, here's an example. I was in a flat at a festival with two comedians, and I was talking about the value of diversity. And so this was an example. There was a big department store, and they had a place coming up on their board, and it was something like these numbers. There were 12 places on the board. They'd worked out that something like 78% of their customers were female, and guess how many women were on a board of 12? Zero! zero. That's right! There were zero, zero, zero people who reflected their customer base in a significant way, like gender, on the fucking board. So they were trying to fill these spaces with female candidates, but the men on the board were going, but will there be any women who would want to do it to this headhunter? And she was going, yes. Will there be any women who would be able to do it? Yes, there'll be loads. Are you serious? Any woman here would do that in an instant almost. And these men were like, but why do you need women on the board? Now, these were progressive male comedians and it was just a few years ago and we were in this house and I was saying well to reflect the customer base they'll have insights that men won't have and they said well if you listen to the market research you shouldn't need any women (laughs) and I went wouldn't it be nice to have some though they went not really no (laughs) and this is what they actually genuinely said to me Sarah will know who both these men are Um, they actually I mean you won't be able to identify it from the story but I'll tell you later
4: (laughs) This is
0: what these men actually said. One of them went, well, if there was a gun shop and the customer base were 100% male, I'd have no problem with two women running that. And I went, how many gun shops are run by women though? Well, it doesn't matter in a mythical gun shop, in a hypothetical gun shop, a woman should be able to run a gun shop even though no women like guns. Women like guns and women have guns. Sorry, I'm not advocating for more women to have guns. But at this point, I fucking was. I was like, I'll get a gun to show you. (laughs) And even though I work a lot in diversity and inclusion, that's like one of my main jobs. And I was explaining that to them. They were still going, no, well, it's just invalid. Any group should be able to run anything and all men running all a department store, even if 100% of the customers are women, is no fucking problem. And I was just like, it is a problem. And it got, okay, so what had happened was, firstly, I was hormonal. Secondly, I'd had a gig cancelled at short notice because it was in Australia and there it was, it was terrible weather. There's always weather there. And so suddenly it was an outdoor thing. It wasn't, so I was all geared up for a gig. And instead of the gig, I had three glasses of white wine. <laughs> so when they really couldn't understand that it was necessary sometimes to have a woman in a leadership role where they really couldn't understand that, I started to cry like a cascade of tears like someone had died <laughs> I started to cry and sob and weep and say but why can't you see why women are necessary in leadership rules and they went you get too emotional laughter We need women to represent women. We need women to represent men. The same sort of people, just one big fucking homogenized, unsupervised group of any sort of people can't be human beings who represent all human beings. We need the people in the House of Commons to represent us and therefore made up of us. It is true we can't do it ourselves. It is true we can't be bothered to do it ourselves. It is true when we're asked to do it ourselves, we fuck it up. But we still need some of us to be in there, which is why tonight we're doing a fundraiser for the Women's Equality Party. Thank you. (laughs) And president of the Women's Equality Party, Catherine Mayer. I feel like you should have come in with more fanfare than just been sitting there. I feel like it'd be nice if you were carried in on the shoulders of men. Can we have some men carry Catherine in? Yeah. Really? Are you seriously? Why not? I think people think you're joking. Yeah, they obviously do because they're not fucking moving.
3: But carry what if there's fires and people are like, I would have voted for the WEP, but I'm worried she's going to make me carry her places. <laughs> then they weren't
0: really WEP voters at core heart. If they didn't want to carry the president, like she's Bodicea. Brilliant, there's one carrier. You sir, I feel like you, you have heft. Yes, okay. Of this. This is the worst night not to have a photographer. I mean, this is the worst possible night. Okay. So they're making a basic hand chariot now. Your basic hand chariot. This is a hand chariot for equality. This is a democratic, democratic hand chariot. This is hoist
4: on the shoulders.
0: And here's the picture. Here's the shot. Here's the money shot. These are men that give a fuck about democracy. Look at them. Look at them. That's something else, isn't it?
4: That's something else.
0: Um, And it's it's a brave woman who will let four beta males carry her. I'm not saying you are Beater Mouse, but you are at the Women's Equality Party fundraiser. Some of the things you say.
3: I wonder how you managed to get this podcast together. (laughs) It's an ironic joke, though, Sarah.
0: I think your chances of pulling tonight, boys, have skyrocketed. And If that's not what feminism is about, I don't know what it is about, is all I'm saying. So, Catherine, can you tell us you started the Women's Equality Party. Why?
3: The story, the night that you started it, is quite an interesting story. So why don't you set the scene for everybody? Well,
0: it was a room very much like this one, only larger. Larger than St Paul's Cathedral? <laughs>
1: True. <laughs> True. It, was undi- <laughs> it was slightly less echoey than St Paul's Cathedral. And it was full of women and some men, a bit like this room, and it was ahead of the 2015 election... There were some brilliant women MPs at the front and people one after another were saying they weren't going to bother to vote at all and that is quite tragic. So I stood up and said, maybe we need a women's equality party that you can all vote for to re-engage you in politics. And I also said, maybe we need a party to do a bit like what UKIP has done to British politics. UKIP at that time, it was already obvious that they were creating seismic change with only one MP at that point. And I said, maybe we can do a kind of benign UKIP. And if we show that... Do you mean a UKIP of the left, (laughs) just to be clear? If it's going to turn out that
0: your whole strategy <laughs> is to create a female-led UKIP... And yes. you have just given your penny. Yes. I'm sweating. We should have read the website first. <laughs> we really should have, have read the done? manifesto. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, UKIP of the left. So with the
3: grassroots nature of their... Well, I guess more, it's the more, it's more their pressure group. Taking a, a few issues and putting that into the mainstream politics and making the bigger parties chase... The point is that when UKIP started
1: to win votes, the big parties, instead of pushing back against them, contorted (laughs) themselves to be more like UKIP. Mm. And I said, OK, if the big parties just copy the things they think win votes, how about we show that gender equality is a vote winner? And then they will all copy what we're doing and they'll get better and we'll win and they'll win and we'll all win. And I said something like that, possibly marginally more coherent. <laughs> and I ended it by suggesting that people join me in the bar, which might have been a very expensive sentence, particularly because mm. a lot of people did follow me to the bar. Ah. And social media took over from there. So by the time I got home, after having bought rather a lot of drinks, I looked on social media and it said not that I had suggested a women's equality party would be a good idea, but that I was founding one. Ah, (laughs) trust Twitter. Brilliant. And then I, the next morning, rang Sandy Toxvig, who's a friend of mine, and I said to her what had happened, because I thought she might be interested. And she said, but darling, that's my idea. Oh. Uh, Which surprised me. Mm. For the end of the wonderful WOW Festival at South Bank Centre, she was working on a Fantasy women's government, and she said to me, Darling, would you like to be foreign secretary? (laughs) (laughs) Which obviously was quite an appealing idea, but instead, we founded this party. The second person, by the way, to sign up on Facebook, where I put a little post that night, was Sophie Walker, who is now the leader of this party. Um, So it just shows how dangerous social media can be. It's not only only turned all of our lives upside down, but everyone who wrote that they thought it was a good idea has now basically had to give in their job and is working full-time on politics.
0: (laughs) So are you looking to create change
1: through pressure? And what changes are you looking to make well one of the very first things that people said to us is but we don't need a women's equality party because we've got equality i mean women have equality look around women have equality yes um (laughs) i've had various experiences as a journalist which was my original career that gave the lie to that like going to interview a famous nobel prize winner who i will not name but who answered the door and said to me, I would offer you a cup of tea, but the wife's not in. And uh, mm, I said the other day
0: I would put the bins out, but Tom's away. Yes, so,
3: exactly.
1: Same. Exactly. That was similar.
2: So,
3: boy, was boy so jobs and girl I jobs. know. I know. Yeah. I know. And the glee. But, but the so,
0: sad thing was, in my case, it was true. <laughs> bins have just piled up. Sorry. Go on.
1: But well, I was going to say. So, so Theresa May then Theresa May comes along and they go, okay, well now you really mm. don't need mm. a women's equality party because I mean, look, we've had a second female Mm. prime minister and in fact the other day i was at a tv program and this male researcher came to get me to go um and do my interview and i went into the studio and there were two male guests and there was a male sportscaster a male newsreader and a male presenter and the male presenter said to me so um you don't really need to exist as the women's equality party because there's theresa may and there's angela merkel in germany and you nearly had Hillary Clinton.
0: Oh, well, there you uh, go.
1: And I, feminism I, came second in America, so that's good. <laughs> Runner-up.
0: Well done, feminism there on a silver, strong silver. And it's worked out as well, hasn't it? Because it's virtually the same <laughs> Donald Trump, has not it? That's been virtually the same for women. So I don't think we'd but, notice a difference. it's true but,
3: that with equality if someone does see the world as equal, this is something that all of us in our lives every day are contending with. It's about how we then engage with those people to describe it. Because I had the same thing on Sunday brunch, one of the presenters, just before we went on. He said, are you still a feminist? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I said, oh, yes. And he went, but Theresa May's prime minister now. Yeah. Oh, is she?
1: <laughs> oh, Sorry. <laughs> I find numbers are quite useful. Mm. So, I mean, I did some number crunching for my new book, which I might just hold on. Attack attack of the 50-foot women, how gender equality can save the world, which, of course, it can. I just thought that female leader thing was quite a Mm. useful one to look at because, of course, people keep saying to me, there are so many female leaders. Actually, there are 144 full and partial democracies in the world, 53 of them elect both a president and a prime minister so if you crunch the numbers and work out how many potentially elected positions women could occupy in the world it is 7.6 percent that is how many female leaders there are mm. so that sort of number actually gives the light to this but this government is of course the threat of a hard brexit for example absolutely terrible for women but it isn't like the other parties were doing a good job for women either. So the reason that we have to exist is because the old mainstream parties cannot sort out their own women problems, much less bring gender equality. That's, you know, we don't want to be doing this, but that's why we exist. So some people tweeted me
0: today and said, if, say, for example, the Women's Equality Party stands against especially a female Labour MP... It might split the vote and it might give the Tories an extra seat. How do you respond to that?
1: Well, I would respond, first of all, by telling them to look at the seven constituencies in which we're running. And by the way, I'm so proud and happy that we are running in our first Westminster elections. We're not even, we will be officially a major UK party for two years in July. So we're not even two years old. We. We already have 65,000 members and registered supporters and 73 branches across the country. And the reason for that incredible growth and the reason we're able to run people is that a lot of people recognise that the old model is not working. We are also the only party that immediately we existed. We opened... Our membership to members of other parties because we think the idea of political monogamy is very passe. Yes, um,
0: you know. I like that. I really do like that. I think monogamy in general. <laughs> is a, we just live too long now. We live yeah. too long. It was great when people died Tom's at thirty. Tom's writing down, scribbling down another edit. Yeah. <laughs> The thing is, I'm not running for another four years to be Tom's wife, so it's fine. Uh,
1: but... Um,
0: so you can be a member of the Labour Party and a member of the Women's Equality Party?
1: As far as we're concerned, they tend to sometimes decide that that is fine and then other times not. So I think you're probably famous enough that they wouldn't throw you out. Are you saying Jeremy Corbyn wouldn't kick me out of bed for voting
0: WEP? <laughs> did Jeremy Corbyn contact you, by any yes, chance, he Sarah Yes, That's the hot glass. He DM'd me, guys. Oh, this is... This is... <laughs> No, I don't know anymore. Can please tell me ma, Tell me more. Look, like, does he is, have a car? Is, no, he has a bicycle. The
3: thing, is, a... <laughs> the thing is, whenever I talk about politics, I honestly feel so stupid, and I need to not let that stop me wanting to find out more. So interesting, last week on, I did Have a Got News for You and I tried to talk about the Women's Equality Party and Ian Hislop really shouted at me and, <gasps> I, and I did not have the information to back up but it was exactly what you're talking about in terms of the constituencies that were chosen to run in. Ian Hislop, that well-known <laughs> feminist. <laughs> I know and it was a thing because obviously it's a comedy show but you're talking about really important things, like it does get quite weighty on there there's things you don't want to be silly mm. about and I was talking about how because the election was so quick there were all these huge things we should be discussing before there's another election and we don't have time and that's why I brought up the Women's Equality Party and things that the other part aren't even touching on yet, Mm. and then yeah, he started shouting at me, Jeremy Corbyn wrote to me, because I'm doing this, so I'm raising money for you guys, but I'm a Labour Party member. I know people have very, very mixed feelings about Jeremy Corbyn, and I listen to everything, because people seem to understand things or be able to predict things so much better than I can, but he just seems like, in many ways, very reasonable. I think he seems very genuinely kind, I think he means very well, and he wrote to me asking for ideas about how to get young people to vote, and so I just sent him like loads of ideas that I had, and he's done that to quite a few people and I thought it was really nice Mm. (laughs) well we do
0: need more young people to vote, if more young people voted we could get the Tories out
3: that's literally the only but way, he, though, isn't he was her? kind of saying, however anyone broaches it, the thing is that this is a generation that politics is affecting. So whoever mm. they vote for, they should be part of it. By engaging them now... So actually, he wasn't even saying, this might win Labour the election. It was more just, this is what has to happen, and anyone with a voice should be trying mm. to help that if they can.
1: Anybody with a voice should absolutely be trying to help.
3: Everybody should register to vote.
1: But what I would say is... There may be different priorities in terms of you know, mitigating the impact of the Conservatives and whatever, but none of the old parties are going to deliver gender equality. Why do you think we are in 2017 and they don't do it? They all pay lip service to it. They all sometimes do really good things. And all of them, by the way, have done good things somewhere along the line. But they have also done an awful lot of nothing. The overriding
0: policies, though... Labour getting in is better for women than the Tories getting in, right?
1: Right. Labour has quite a proud heritage on women, but some of the best things they did, like Sure Start, were actually aimed at children, really, rather than being aimed at women. And what really happens with just about any form of political organisation is that women end up somehow magically at the back of the queue. Mm. So... Ours is the only party that is absolutely determined to maintain focus on that. So we have this completely different political model. And it's really important at this point because the old models are not working. Mm-hmm. So we have a political model. We started out being collaborative in ways that the other parties aren't. It's very funny us being shouted at for vote splitting. I mean, to mm-hmm. your, I do want to answer your point about these supposed seats where we're supposedly going to let in Tories. I mean, there are no such seats. We are standing... Our brilliant candidate, Nimco Ali is here somewhere, I think. Yes. Um, oh, I can see her at the back of the room, standing in Hornsey Wood Green, and that has annoyed some people because there is a Labour female incumbent in that seat. The fight in Hornsey Wood Green is a three-way fight between Nimco, the Labour incumbent, and the Lib Dems. Mm-hmm. All of them actually arguing in different ways for mitigating brexit for example but we are the only party with this i mean the other thing i brought which is even more exciting than my book is i brought the manifesto i mainly this manifesto i mean we have proposed universal childcare, which is not just the biggest idea in this election this is the biggest idea since the forming of the nhs you know it is absolutely transformative and by the way, the leaked Labour manifesto goes some distance in that direction, picking up a policy from our October 2015 policy document. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. that mechanism I pointed out, the ways in which the old parties will copy you yeah. when they see you winning votes, that works. So, we have a multi pronged strategy. Parliament needs Nimco ally. Well, so, we've got to introduce
3: Nimco to come and speak to us as well. Big round of applause for Nimco. <laughs> So Debs and I didn't know that Nimco was here tonight, which is very exciting. And also she's running in my constituency. Yes. sorry. <laughs> yeah.
0: yes. So we now know which constituency Sarah Pascoe is voting in. <laughs>
3: yeah. have <yeah. laughs> made my decision much easier for me. <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn, I blocked you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I would be really, really excited to hear you two talk about? And I think for our listeners as well, is the manifesto, like what's in there, because that's what we should be talking about. And I feel like what you're talking about in terms of the bigger parties, it's the voiceless that always lose out because they don't have time to complain because they're too busy doing the things. That's why they suffer under every government and that's who you're giving a voice to. So talk to us about the manifesto. Okay, well, I'll give you a couple of top lines, but
1: we have a really interesting and thought out policy on immigration, which I think I might pass over to Nimco on that one. But on the top line here on childcare... This is something which actually pays back. You know, it looks like this big investment. It looks like a big amount of money, but actually we did the sums. This is fully costed. Like all of these things, if you create the opportunity for women to work unimpeded, if you allow women to participate fully... That generates so much in economic growth and in tax revenues that you pay it back incredibly fast, mm. and we also have a way of doing it that happens to make the pension system fairer as well. Okay. So universal childcare, just to so, so we so we're talking about forty free hours of childcare a week for anyone with a child basically from the moment of birth to school for 48 weeks a year which no other party is talking about this we're talking about fully shared parental leave as well with like really serious chunks of time that parents can take off with their kids properly funded at the moment there is a little bit of paternity leave a little Mm -hmm. bit of shared leave but it's open only to a few people and because they don't take into account the way in which the gender pay gap Mm -hmm. works lots of men say they can't afford to take it because they're earning more than their female partners you look at the nordic countries you can see if you actually make a system that works where people will get 90 percent of their salaries again it looks expensive but again it's very easy to find different ways of financing this and it pays back so fast in economic growth. So we're focusing on instead of what the sort of classic male-dominated approach to this is, oh, we invest in infrastructure, and they always mean things where you put on yellow high-vis jackets, yeah. Yeah. you go out there, you build a hospital, and then you cut nursing jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You expect women to take up the slack mm. in all of the caring. Mm. You pay any profession that isn't largely centered around caring and largely occupied by women less. We're talking about making all of these things valued, seeing them, valuing them. I'll pass on to you about the
5: Nimco. So it's fascinating. Hi, yeah.
0: Yeah. hello. Hi.
5: <laughs> no pressure. Just, well, <laughs> um, if you live in Hornsley and Wood Green, please vote for me. But, um, That's the that, most yeah, important. That is message. the most important thing. Why are you running Nimco? I'm running because I had this conversation the other day and if you know me, you'll know that I've spent the last six years talking about my vagina. I'm not going to do that politically, but I did because in 2010, I started this campaign to basically end FGM. And I started that campaign because in 2006, having just come out of university, I was at this local school and I met these young girls that told me about their experience. And I essentially saw my silence as complicit to the misunderstanding of something that happened to me personally. And when this election was called, it was a little bit like that. I looked around and I thought... If not me, who else? And I am the Audacity of Hope um, candidate. And I want to say that because the whole point is I'm young, I'm black, I'm Muslim, I'm a child refugee, and I'm a woman, and I'm all the things that should be feared, but at the same time, I'm all the things that should be celebrated in the UK. And... (laughs) On that note, on that note, every single political party would have, like, you know, said, "Oh, I won't say the political party that essentially said me standing for them would be optically amazing." And I thought. But I'm, but no, no. But this is what I mean. So all the things I said that was amazing about Britain, and they wanted me to stand as a token, and I've never been a token. I've just been an example of the beautiful things that can happen. Six years ago, when people said to me that you can't reframe the issue of FGM and it's never going to end, and you're crazy, I was crazy. But we are living in a time where ultimately FGM can end in our lifetime, and violence against women and girls, all these can end, and. The only reason why I'm standing for the Women's Equality Party, it's the only party that every single policy I believe in. And I love my leader. I support her 110%. She doesn't mean me. She means Sophie. Oh, Sophie, Sophie, yeah. <laughs> she, she does, she does I love, love me. All the, I love you too for fun of the party. <laughs> but I'm, I'm always the only person in a room. I'm always the only black person. I'm always the only Somali person. I'm always the only woman. But sometimes, like, on these panels when we're doing hustings, I'm the only person that knows her manifesto, and I'm the only person that actually agrees with her party leader and will fully, 100%, be whipped politically. Um, <laughs> <laughs> politically, on all the things that are in our manifesto. So the reason why I'm standing is because I believe in equality and I believe that, well, OK, I'm not going to be egotistical, because, um, but I do believe that I'm the greatest candidate to stand in Hornsley Wood Green. And... <laughs> I feel bad about saying that. Do you know, know, I mean, I keep
1: seeing these people going online and telling Nimco that she hasn't got a right to stand there. Mm. And they say things to her because there is a woman Labour MP and they don't understand why we would stand there. And we say... The reason we're standing in Hornsey Wood Green is because we're in the the first-past-the-post system. So basically, we need Sarah Pascoe to be living in the constituency to be able to vote for us, except that Sarah Pascoe appears to be doing electoral fraud, but we'll ignore that. Um, We need, in the the first-past-the-post system, typically and legally, people have to live in the constituency to vote for the person and you know what we don't support first past the post we campaign also for electoral reform because first past first First past the post has been shown globally to be really bad for women and to exclude all sorts of minority perspectives that are incredibly important. And also, it makes you make a binary choice. Mm. The reason that Nimco is running in and Wood Green is because we have thousands of supporters there and she has a chance of winning. And I... And I watch... These people go online and tell Nimco that she hasn't got a right to stand because there's already a woman there as if that was in some way something interchangeable. And I also watched one of them tell her that she shouldn't stand against this particular MP because this particular MP was good on refugees. Uh, uh, um, but yeah, they would I'm, never say to a
0: man, you can't stand there, there's already a man. We've already got a man one. They wouldn't say that. They wouldn't say to a man running for the Green Party that you know you might take away some votes for Labour because they understand the environment's important and two men are different human beings.
1: So, so, so it's funny you say that because in Vauxhall we have another excellent candidate who happens to be a BME woman, Harini Iyengar, and the Greens also have a BME woman running and there of course there is a labour woman mp but the labour woman mp is kate hoey who went on the barge with nigel farage so she's not exactly popular with the labour party in that constituency and so there's this idea that again maybe we can have a progressive alliance maybe we can get her out you oh i guess nigel's ringing <laughs> <laughs> and i think it's ian hislop <laughs> he's got oh, some let's things hope, to let's say, say so. But you know what's happening in Vauxhall? There is a male, white, Lib Dem candidate, and both our candidate, Harini, and the woman from the Greens keep being told they need to stand aside for the white man, because Europe is the most important thing, as if we don't all have policies about Brexit and the danger from
3: Brexit, and ours are, again, much better. Better policies, better
1: candidates. So I was going
3: to bring it back
5: because you said you had an interesting pitch on immigration. So it's to be kind and humane and um, so one of the... That <laughs> is interesting. That's radical. I was on a panel on Saturday and a man from The Guardian because The Guardian thinks he knows everything about brown people and women. Um, <laughs> it, it does. He looked at me and he said, um, so if your party succeeds, then what really happens? And I said, well happiness, like children get looked after, there's free childcare, there's less rape, murder. And has anyone ever seen Demolition Man? Yeah, so I constantly use the whole thing like death, murder, kill. There's like less death, murder, kill in the world. So it is about like you know closing down yardswood, actually treating people with respect and humanity, and it's not about giving everybody asylum, but being respectful to their experiences. Tomorrow, my mother, who's an amazing woman, leaves to go back home to where she came from. Not like in an offensive way, mm-hmm. but to goes Not because see- someone shouted that at her. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Um, just to go back to see her mum, and but honestly, it's like literally. Maybe it's, that's what they mean. Go home and see your mum. Yeah, goes... back to where you came from. She's probably missing you. Just she... for a visit, though, just for a couple of weeks. Send her my love. Yeah, see, sorry, see yeah, my, um and it's literally a year since I went back for the first time in 27 years. So my mother, who was 28 when she came to this country as a refugee with myself and my two brothers, and she was six months pregnant, and my sister, was treated respectfully. We were able to rebuild our lives, and Jarlswood and all these other things didn't exist. And what happened was that my grandparents were able to join, and they went back home, and they kind of like you know lived their experience and did everything else. And at the moment, I'm working with help refugees around the same time as running a campaign to be elected. But it's, there are kids that could have been me that could be me that are stuck in Calais that could be coming over here the United Kingdom is one of the most beautiful places in the world we have this amazing thing called cynicism and sarcasm and it's like you know everybody calls me bitter but I'm just British but um, (laughs) so we have like all these beautiful things and it's and one of the things I want to say to you about a refugee is that there's these there's so many misconceptions that my family um, never wanted to leave they had to leave and a lot of the people that want to leave for Syria or whether it's Afghanistan or Iraq and everything else don't want to leave but if we give them time and space then they will go back and they will build a greater and better world and that's one of the things that I'm really proud about the Women's Equality Party and not only the putting me up for somebody that talked about her vagina but they're also putting me up as somebody that is like you know a complete different to everybody else, I don't need to have a translator to speak to the Somali community, I know what it's like to be black I know what it's like to see young boys dying in the streets and thinking is that my cousin, is that my brother, is that somebody else that I know the question that you asked was about immigration but it's that we're just going to like you know say the fact that it's about love and respect and dignity and that's one of the key things that like, you know, differentiates us from all these other dictators that these refugees are running away from And I just want to say thank you on behalf of every single one of you, four in five of us, actually do want to welcome refugees and there is more love and hope in the world. And I just want to thank each and every one of you for being amazing. Because I know there's more love here than there is hate.
1: just want to add one final point on that of course which is the other thing about immigration and about the migrant wave is that it's gendered and men and women travel for different reasons and female migrants are for so many reasons so much more vulnerable but also i mean just give you one example They set a certain amount of money that you're supposed to be able to prove to have in order to gain access. And of course, because of the global gender gap, women are much less likely to be able to even come here. There is not one system that we are looking at that is not gendered and is not biased against women. And that's, you know, to your first question, why do we need the Women's Equality Party? Because we are the only people who are going to dismantle that huge structural inequality that's right the way through society. Whoever you are, whatever you're doing.
0: I wish Ian Hislop were here now. I want him to come and yell at Nimco. (laughs) I do, I genuinely do. I want him to look at her and go, no, listen, white men in suits are the only ones with a shot. So you're all very lovely, but in reality, The white men in suits have got this. I don't think he'd be able to say it to you, is what I'm saying. I think he can say it to Sarah. Oh, I think you're
3: undermining. I know, he he would. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, because, no, and this isn't me. I don't want to play Ian Hislop. Because his response, as we know, would be to anything, would be, well, how are you going to pay for it? Mm. Uh, That would be lovely. And then he's, oh, I'm fed up of hearing that you're going to tax corporations properly. That's not enough. What else? What other idea have you got? You think I'm out of my depth. (laughs)
0: two questions. Is anyone a burning question that they need to
1: ask? Um, I wanted to ask what you think about mandatory voting, which some countries do have. Um, do you think that would be a good thing, particularly with regard to getting minorities who often don't vote in yes, far larger I'm, numbers? Yes, I'm do from think-
0: Australia, so I'm super in favour of it, <laughs> because in Australia, if it wasn't compulsory to vote, people would be like, surf's up, it's a beautiful day. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure someone else has got this lark in this, uh, this old... Like they're all the same. And they, no one would vote except the politicians. So I absolutely... I am Australian and I love the fact that we have compulsory voting because I think it makes people engage. You do have to make sure it's fair because otherwise Alan Aardvark gets all the votes because people who don't know just come in and go, him. But we also have proportional representation but we also also have a really shit government that's been right-wing for ages, and every time I go to Australia, there's a new prime minister, and I feel like saying, guys, have you not thought of Match.com or something? They cannot find a fucking prime minister. That's my thought.
1: You guys? Yes, as part of electoral reform, um, and it would involve Sarah Pascoe having to vote several times. <laughs> mandatorily.
5: Do you want my opinion? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes. You're the only one here who's going to be an MP, so yes. Um, Yes, I do, but also with compulsively PSHE, because I think young people need to be educated about their parliamentary system. Because I I was like, you know... I. This is, she's given the best answer. That's why she's going to be the MP. Um, no, honestly, honestly, I, like, you know, the weird thing about having survived the civil war and having to deal with a dictator is that you really get into the nitty-gritty of listening to the constitution of every country mm. that you end up living in. I know how the parliament on this country works, and it is about, so PSHE, which definitely should include, like, you know, compulsory SRE. So I do believe in compulsory voting, but informed um, voting in that sense. So
0: what you're saying is getting a dictator in
3: does sharpen the mind for politics. Well, America it's going the right way isn't it but it's a really it's a really good point that um this country used to only let people who owned land and money vote and mm. then we created a system we thought it would be fairer if everyone had a vote but the point of that was we were going to make sure that everyone was educated to a point that they could use that vote and that is actually what is failing because it's never ever in the inhabiting government's interest in educating people and sharing knowledge and having an informed
5: choice because it will be against them can I share a weird, uh, like, so um, ever since becoming a politician or entering the political arena, I've stepped back from conversations on Facebook and I've been seeing a really interesting one, which involves my brother, who's a conservative, I'm not. And um, he's a Somali, which I am, and he is as well. There's this really weird conversation about the ethnic minority vote, and I'm not sure like, you know, how many of us are BME in this room, but there's this assumption that, like, you know, you belong to one party and then you automatically have to vote. On that day, that's how you vote, and another party doesn't exist. And I'm non-partisan in the sense that I don't believe in the concept of evil Tories or the fact that the Labour's for me, or I understand what the Lib Dems stand for. Um, But at the same time... (laughs) um, See, I've been nice. I'm being fair to all. Uh, but in that sense, I've kept seeing these things about these young, beautiful people who are passionate about politics, but so ill-informed, and there's no context. Which is so similar to when I was working for a large organisation about consents and about like, you know, access to porn and media and all these things. There's a lot of information out there, but there's nothing contextual for these young people to say. So, what have the Tories done for me? What has the Labour government done for me? How can I, like, you know, now in 2017, vote within, a, like, you know, a view? obviously I'm saying to all of them that if they live in Horsley they would They should vote for me but otherwise I'm like study your local MP because it's not about voting for Jeremy Corbyn we don't have a president your local MP whether they're Tory really Lib Dem Conservative Your local MP could be somebody that represents the things that you really are passionate about. Vote for the things that matter to you. And if equality matters to you, look for the person that's most equal in that sense. If Brexit is what you're voting for, if your bin's being collected twice a week, it's like all those things, it's about your local and your best candidate to be sent to parliament to argue on your behalf. This notion that Tony Blair, I have to say, created where it's about a president that we have to vote for, it's total rubbish. And that is what I just want to say to a lot of young people in here is like, vote for the best person. And if your friends don't like it, at least you can sleep well at night.
3: (laughs) Follow The Guilty Feminist on Twitter at guiltfempod. Check out our Instagram, instagram.com forward slash theguiltyfeminist. Like our Facebook page, sign up to our mailing list to get notified as soon as a new episode is released. And please go to iTunes and rate, review and subscribe. It helps other people find the podcast. Uh, Sarah Pascoe, have you got anything to plug? Um, I've got a book called Animal that people could buy if they wanted to. <laughs> Thanks, woos. And um, I'll be doing an Edinburgh show in August. Great. Yeah. Okay, go along, say that. Demp, anything to? You? Oh, um, I am
0: going to plug voting. Uh, could you <laughs> no, please, no, please, please that. vote? I was uh, all
4: on the merch.
0: <laughs> uh, oh no, I'm I, voting. I, no. <laughs> I'm also going to plug, there's t-shirts with Women's Equality Party oh, yeah. t-shirts at the back. If you buy one, even if you don't want one, give it to someone who doesn't want one for Christmas. <laughs> and send them, just buy one and send it to Philip Davies in Shipley, who's a misogynistic MP in and Shipley. And a sanitary towel inside. <laughs> <laughs> Used <laughs> no or. No surprise when he tries to put it on. <laughs> no just surprise. buy a t-shirt, it's really helpful. And they're fun to wear, there's lots of fun designs. We are doing a leadership day on May 22nd called Include Yourself. And I have got a diversity-based comedy panel show called Global Pillage. Now, it's a bit like, have I got news for you? Except it's all the questions are about diversity. So I was wondering, Nimco, would you like to come on it? Because they often have MPs on. Yeah. And then everyone goes, oh, they're so human and amusing. I will vote for them. Uh, so that's how Boris Johnson's mostly got his... Uh, his Everything. He's got everything. Did you say shags? I meant to be behavior. I didn't say it to
5: the I just You just
0: the you didn't say it to the microphone. If you say it near a microphone though, <laughs> loudly near a microphone, it will be amplified. This is something you need to know as an MP. Every mic is a live mic. If she didn't, so have my, if she didn't don't have do my a Gordon Brown at this late stage. Don't If she didn't have my vote before, she'd have it now. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm sure that's how Boris Johnson's got everything he's got. Catherine, have you got anything to plug?
1: I suppose I should Plug my book as well as my party. I did plug it before, mm. but here it is again: "Attack of the Fifty-Foot Women: How Gender Equality Can Save the World." Super, um, which tells you actually, literally everything you need to know about why we're as fucked as we are and how we can <laughs> and how we can sort it all out. Uh, is it on tape? Because really? I is. like to I like to listen while I'm not, doing other not things. Not only is it on tape, but the most wonderful woman, Tanya Moody, did the did the um, the reading. The reading. Oh. Yeah. What, the, what the hell read is it, it called? An audio book. Audio book, yeah. the word I'm looking fantastic. for. Fantastic. And I'd kind of like to plug my party and my party's manifesto, which is you the other great read, which is on our website, www.womensequality.org.uk.
3: And that's the thing for any listeners who would like to donate money, that would be fantastic if they could go to the website and donate money because this is a fundraiser we want to raise as much as we can. And yeah. the final thing I'm going to plug
1: is, you know, we mentioned Philip Davis. I am not going to plug Philip Davis. Uh, I am going to plug Sophie Walker, the absolutely spectacularly brilliant leader of this party and her amazing campaign against Philip Davis in Shipley. It's going to be so fun. It's, I feel like she's going to win that. She needs to win that. Yeah. We do not need... Feminism
0: needs to win something. As I said, we've got a silver in America, and that <laughs> turns out that means nothing
1: uh that means things get much worse for and much well it, if philip davis would slot really neatly into the trump administration oh. so maybe we should suggest that it, yeah absolutely he can fuck off there
0: uh nimco do you have anything to plug other than vote for nimco
5: no i don't i do have a book coming up but that's not coming up for a while now that because i'm standing for election and it's very rude and it's called rude
0: it's called Root. Brilliant. It's called Root. It's all about vaginas. I'm, to, I'm thinking about moving just so I can vote for you. Um, can we have a... Please, please, please have a big round of applause for our very special guest, Catherine and Imco. <laughs> say uh, uh live from etc venues st paul's so st paul's cathedral live from st paul's cathedral yeah <laughs> don't anyone Tom, tell anyone are we allowed to say that are st, Paul, st. paul's cathedral f- well get god br- can't area? be angry <laughs> can he does god technically own st paul's cathedral it's god's house there enough okay all right, I'm going to say live from such a venue, St Paul's Cathedral. I'll just say St Paul's Cathedral. Uh, live from St Paul's the Cathedral at St Paul's Cathedral. Sarah wants me to say live from St Paul's Cathedral. Are you okay with that? Yep, He's, he doesn't
3: mind. I just he like mind. the idea of people at home being like, hang on.
4: <laughs> Is it in St Paul's Cathedral?
3: Yeah, yeah. But we never mention it again. Never mention but it at again. The end, we all sing a psalm. <laughs>
0: This is Deborah Frances white from The Guilty Feminist. Thank you for listening to our election special. If you would like to donate, you can go to womensequalityparty.org. Dot UK. It's easy to do that there and you could also join the party there even if you're a member of another party. Please register to vote by the 22nd of May and encourage others to do that too. Remember the more young people who vote the better. It's your future you're voting for. The Women's Equality Party are standing in seven places so if you are in one of those constituencies read their manifesto, get to know your candidate, consider voting for her. Speaking for myself, I want to say a left-wing government is always better for women in general. Please consider voting Labour, who've already adopted some of the Women's Equality Party policies, or consider voting strategically in your constituency to vote the Tories out and vote for a fairer society for everyone, which includes a strong NHS and more funding to public services. Thank
4: you to all at the Women's Equality Party and all of you for listening and engaging in a feminist democracy.